Hello and welcome to episode 26 of The Dive. I'm Jat, joined by Kobe. You're going to say something is my Oh yeah, you pointed at me, but huh? uh, this is Kobe speaking now. And Azale. This is Azale speaking now. Wow, we did Copycat. It. We yeah. responded to the feedback. <laughs> we did. Speaking in the microphone. It was actionable. We did the action. It's great. Mm-hmm. So this week we are talking about world group stages because that is what time of the year it is. And we're going to break down every single group of worlds, tell you who's going to win, come in second, third, and fourth. Let's start with group A, Kobe. Why don't we start with who's going to win? Who's going to win all of worlds? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just the world's done. power rankings now? <laughs> All right, well, Group A, we can start with Group A. Group A is EDG, SKT, AHQ, and Cloud9. So that is the first seed from LPL, the second seed from the LCK. Uh, this is the second seed from the LMS, and then Cloud9, third seed uh, from North America, who you guys probably already know. Yep, they got drawn in based on the play-in draw that happened last night after all of the play-in knockout stage had happened. Uh, I'm actually pretty happy with the way the overall play-in draw worked in this feeding into the groups because it felt like... The weakest, so to speak, playing team, 1907 Fenerbahce, went into the strongest group, or what you would define as the group of death. So we got a little bit more balance. They may be less happy about that, though. Yeah, I mean, 1907 Fenerbahce probably would have preferred TSM's group, as would have TSM, Flash Rules, and Misfits. But uh, let's start with Cloud9, just because they are the most recent team that we had here. When Sneaky was interviewed after their series to qualify, he said... Yeah, let's take Group A, because they'd basically have to pick between Group A and Group C. He said this was the lesser of two evils. Uh, how do you think he feels now that he's in it? I, I mean, you still have to be somewhat nervous. I think that the the one team that you're looking at and, and maybe as not as big of a threat is probably AHQ. I think that most people are seeing AHQ as as the weakest team in that group and, and one of the weaker teams overall in the group stage. But I do think that everyone is expecting SKT is just a given to get out of groups, mm-hmm. right? And maybe even... Uh, one of the, well, it is for sure one of the favorites to win the tournament. And then EDG is a really, really strong team, but they have a history of doing poorly at Worlds, of underperforming, of choking. Yeah. And that's kind of what Sneaky referenced in his interview. He's like, well, EDG is good, but they always choke, so we could win. Yeah, I saw people, uh, I think Mark tweeted something about uh, Europe won this round of the, of the draws or whatever, but I th- think that Cloud9's happy that they got this rather than Group C. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Fnatic actually got a you know decently difficult uh, group as well. I mean, Cloud9, yeah. as you said before, SKT, basically the Korean team in any of the groups, everyone's like, all right, that's probably a loss for us. Mm-hmm. right? So it's not a big difference between SKT or Longshu or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then as you're, as you're stacking up the other opponents, HQ most definitely after HKA's performance, yeah, uh, getting knocked out. Um, you know they actually uh, kind of draw away some of the hype around HQ as well uh, with their poor performance. Yeah, uh, and then EDG is, as as I was talking about, their world's history is a little bit shaky. Yeah, there's a couple of things that make you really question right now the LMS going in, just how bad Hong Kong attitude essentially was during the entire playing stage as well as Mm -hmm. the knockout stage, Uh, especially since many people were expecting HKA to be better than AHQ. Like, yes, the results are different, kind of in the same way that people are saying EDG is not the best team from China, even though they won China. So you do have to take that in mind that AHQ was the number two seed and Edward Gaming was the number one seed. And then the last thing I kind of want to say is this perception that EDG chokes on the international stage. Like, Yes, they haven't lived up to their expectations, which have been incredibly high. 
because they won MSI in 2015. People were expecting them to compete for the world title uh, in that world championship, and they made quarterfinals. The last three years, they have made quarterfinals. They just don't dominate teams in the same way. So I still think they're a pretty formidable opponent. I'd have them as a favorite for the second seed in that group. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they met a Korean team in the quarterfinals all three years. They met Fnatic in the quarterfinals in 2015. 15 and they lost that series 3-1 okay so the uh, the other two years i guess were korean draws so it's always tough i mean we know that korea is the strongest region we know that those draws are going to be really rough for anyone who gets them i too tend to think that edg should be coming out of this group probably in second i have them as one of the stronger teams in the tournament still you know based on what i've seen from them in the lpl right yes there is a chance that they underperform yes there is a chance that the pressure gets them playing in china or that they choke or whatever but i think it's it's sometimes hard to to take too much uh, consideration of that when you're when you're thinking mm-hmm. about power rankings and even though cloud nine looked incredible in the play-ins they went seven and oh i think that they looked by far the best in that play-in stage they're playing against yep. such a higher class of teams now that it's not super comparable. It's like, great, you smashed Direwolves, you know, you smashed Team One, you smashed Lion, but now you're playing yeah. EDG and SKT. It's but, a little different. But if they went into Group C, which is the other option, I feel like their chances would be even worse. Oh, I, I completely so, agree. I think this I is think the better draw I think for Cloud9. That's why I think they're happy here. Totally because agree. There was no, there was no draw where Cloud9 were really like, "Woo, we're yeah. getting out." So I think that because B and D, the other two North American teams, already got the easier groups. I think that Group A and Group C are are the hardest for sure. Are you excited for Jensen v Faker round two? Yes, I'm very excited. Oh my for that. god, I can't wait! <laughs> I'm so excited for that matchup, only because. Uh, I went back and watched the first Jensen versus Faker matchup after yeah. like the infamous going to clap Faker tweet. Yeah. And he lost in like a hilariously bad fashion. He got unbelievably smashed in that game. And I don't think that's going to happen again. So like I would be, I would be so hyped if Jensen actually does like anything positive against Faker based on how it went last year. So, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is it's not just going to be a straight up one V one. There's almost no chance, right? Yeah, you're going to remember it that way. Yeah. I mean, it would be <laughs> very exciting if we were to get that. And I think that Jensen in one V one would, would do great, right? Like his laning is actually very, very strong, but it's not like his team is even going to leave Faker alone, right? They play so heavily around mid lane. I think the yeah. SKT is going to be expecting that is also going to play very heavily around mid lane. So it, it should be pretty explosive. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, win or lose, I love the fact uh, that some of the players are willing to come forward and actually kind of, you know, jokingly trash talk yeah. a little bit because it does it does make it feel like a more important match. It's the fifth game on day one, SKT versus Cloud9. I mean, if you're going over the other mid laner as well, you can't leave out Scout here. He's mm-hmm. he's definitely a guy that can play extremely aggressively mm-hmm. and likes to take chances too. So and Westor, yeah, uh, Westor or Chowie. <laughs> And Westor. Yeah, and yeah. Westor. And Westor. The guy with the worst CS differential of all mid laners uh, coming to the World Championship. <laughs> One of these mid laners is not like the other. Uh, but yeah, the mid lane is actually super exciting for this group. Uh, we'll get to it later, but I'd love the mid laners in Group C as well. Do you have predictions for this group, or is there any other like storylines you want to touch on for EDG, SKT, AHQ, or Cloud9? I mean, it's, it's kind of funny that we were talking about the group, and we, we haven't really even talked about SKT because everyone yeah. just assumes that SKT is going to do super well. But you know, SKT, to be fair, they're coming in as, as a second seed. They did lose um, you know, somewhat badly to Longju in the finals. I think that there you know, are 
some some doubts about are they a better team than Longju? You know, how much will Worlds experience play into this? I still am of the opinion that like if, if I'm betting on a team to win the tournament, it's still SKT. It's not Longju for me personally, because uh, I have a lot of faith in them. Um, but it, it is also interesting, you know, to talk a little bit about the fact that it's going to be Huni playing, as far as I know, you know, in the top right. lane instead of Untara, uh, because the sub situation was. A, a pretty big topic actually throughout this year. Is it going to be Huni? Is it going to be Peanut? Is it going to be Antara? Is it going to be Blank? Right? You know, what is the sub rotation? And they are bringing two junglers instead of the double top laner. Exactly. So, unlike in the LCK where they can have the full giant sub roster, uh, they had to choose a six man roster. And a lot of people were thinking they were going to bring Huni and Untara only because, like, in the finals, or, or at the very least, not bring Huni because yeah. Untara had been the starter for the latter half of the summer split as well as a lot of the playoffs. So going with him is <clears throat> is pretty bold in a way. But I, I like the decision of them going with Huni only because if they are going to beat Longju, it doesn't look like they can do it with Untara because he doesn't seem like he can go toe-to-toe with Khan. And then Huni also performed at such a high level at MSI. Like the world in which he was getting punished in the LCK was all these really disciplined LCK teams punishing him for being forward when he probably shouldn't be and was like drawing pressure thinking he'd outplay. Most teams at Worlds aren't going to be able to do that. Like yeah. he bodied people at MSI, so I really like them bringing Huni. And then they still have the added flexibility of Peanut and Blank, which I think they're going to be starting Peanut uh, the same way they would have been doing during the LCK. Uh, and then if something starts going awry, they bring in Blank to try and kind of steady the ship. Yeah, I mean, I'm completely in agreement. I think that it's, if you're SKT, you have to feel like you're a heavy favorite against every team, probably except Longju and, and maybe Samsung, if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But even against Samsung, SKT was very successful this year. So you just put all your eggs in that basket, right? You expect mm-hmm. that whether it's Huni or Antara, you'll beat everyone else. That's that's kind of the attitude they're going into it with and the confidence that they're going into it with, I think. Yeah, I, I actually really like the story of this group. Like, because... not only have Korean players been imported to all other teams, right, but Korean coaches as well. So now we have Reaper going against two of his former teams (laughs) in EDG and SKT. You know, Koma, Nofei, they're all floating around. These guys have been in the League of Legends scene in Korea for so long, uh, and they all have a really, really, like, mixed history together. So uh, I think those types of matchups, even just between coaches, uh, are an interesting thing to look at since... Uh, all of these teams are are pretty long-standing teams, and they have these long histories. Yeah. So um, we get to get into some grudge matches and some. Uh... Yeah, as far as world's experience, these teams are like right up there at the top. Mm-hmm. SKT three years in a row, Cloud Nine Worlds every year. They've been in the organization. Edward Gaming quarterfinals three years in a row. AHQ keeps going back to Worlds. Like you always see these names at the World Championships. So them all being in the same group is actually really cool. Yeah, I'm also really excited. The last thing I kind of want to touch on is iBoy. I think that that's kind of cool to see to see <laughs> to see actually, you know, this guy who's who's brand new. He's playing in China. This is he's like five years old. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, have you seen him? <laughs> Maybe six. I uh, a but boy. He's but like it, telling you. Well, while I yeah, <laughs> while I didn't buy into the hype as much as I think some people have, perhaps you know, I I did think he got outplayed kind of by Uzi in the finals and all that. Uh, he he is a, a very big talent, and he's a young player, and he's having the opportunity to really make a name for himself in China at Worlds. You know, first year playing, I think that's really really cool. And 
like this is kind of how stars are born sometimes, mm-hmm. right? If EDG can have a great performance, if this guy can have a great performance, his first time in against the likes of, you know, SKT and Cloud9 and these teams that have been around for so long, you can become a household name overnight, which I think is is one of the kind of beautiful things about Worlds. Yeah, yeah. and he does have a lot of, you know, elder people, I guess, on the team. Like yeah. Clear Love and Mako are a lot two, of experience. Are, yeah, exactly. Two of the and you know, great leaders there. So Clear Love changed his name to Clear Love Seven because it's his seventh year playing professional League of Legends. Okay. Um, I want to talk very quickly about like uh, before we do predictions, red flags for each team. Like, what are the weaknesses for these teams, and what do they have to watch out for? Uh, unfortunately, EDG has a lot of them, yeah. which makes them maybe a little less of a sure thing for making it out of the group. You always have Mouse, who got exposed last year in the top lane and hasn't gotten that much better in the top lane for EDG. Uh, he ended up having a lot of early game deaths, uh, even in games they were winning. You have iBoy, who's played like 20 games and doesn't have any international experience. And then you have Clearlove, who I feel like in the last three years has not had a good world showing as a jungle, uh, plus Scout, who wasn't even their starting mid laner last year. So like there are so many unknowns. So you flagged no everyone quantity. on the team except, except for Mako. Mako. The whole team <laughs> that guy's is the bomb. flag. That, yeah. Mako is great. That's Mako is beast. Here's yeah. a flag for you. Here's yeah. a flag for you. Right. The size of the flags varies. I'd say <laughs> Mouse has the biggest flag. The biggest. He's got a big flag. old banner. Yeah. There's a medium sized flag for Clear Love and like a little okay. flag for iBoy. Scout, uh, what about Scout? He's got like one on his little thumb or something. Clear Love's uh, flag has an ash Scout's arrow got, like, on the it. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to dodge not straight in a line to get away from it. Yeah, I mean, EDG, it, it, they do have they do have some things that you can kind of point out about them, of course. And I think that's true of most of the teams from LPL, but they also have such high moments, I think, as far as the mechanical play of some of these players. So, mm-hmm. you know, Scout is going to do some some silly stuff, right? But he's also going to do some stuff that'll blow your mind. Like, he's very 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 good when he's at his best and i think that's true of a lot of the best players from lpl because these are teams that traditionally people kind of criticize because it's less of a focus on macro play it's less around playing around vision it's less around wave manipulation it's more about i'm better than you i will out team fight you and you know there's and then they do. like yeah exactly and then they do most of the time and so so while there are some issues for them i also think that there's some very very strong players and and I still think that they have a pretty good chance to succeed. Yeah. And and looking, you know, across the board, it's like, so SKT, you know, there there certainly are some, like some flags. I think you could say, but people are people are assuming that they're going to be the first seed. So, hmm. uh, but I mean, when you look down at AHQ, uh, you already mentioned Westor's laning. I think that's a really big thing. But yeah. AHQ in general did not look that good, especially when you're thinking of of the finals against Flash Wolves. Uh, they got beaten pretty bad. It was a three zero, and I mean Cloud Nine. They didn't even make it to the top four in playoffs this this time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's these are not teams without blemishes uh, across the board. Yeah, Ziv on AHQ uh, is interesting because he is the top lane carry for that team. Like, we're we have this big push towards Khan of Longju being like the the true top lane carry. That's kind of how AHQ ends up having to play a lot of the time, especially when uh, Wester is like a pressure vacuum in the mid lane where he usually loses his mid lane turret like they need to win that those games through the side lanes and oftentimes it is because of Ziv which in a world could work against EDG and Mouse but I don't see it working against like Huni or Impact in this group for instance so uh that that weakness of AHQ just like playing a much different game than other people but not necessarily excelling at it mm-hmm. I think is their biggest flag so to speak and I mean Kobe Cloud9's yeah, so- biggest flag 
<laughs> Cloud Nine's biggest flag for me is the the slower uh, late game decision making and their slow like you know transitions through mid game. It it often feels like um, they they don't really have quick decision making or like a plan laid out ahead of time of how they're going to end out a game. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we saw it punished a lot in North America. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one of the big reasons for me why they didn't, you know, have a great showing in playoffs. Um, but smoothie has specifically been talking about how they're, this is the main thing that they're looking at. Uh, and he's a big voice on the team. So excited to see what they can do. Yeah. One thing that, that is kind of a positive for me about cloud nine more recently. I mean, people always talk about Jensen and their play around mid lane, but I've actually felt in the later end of the season as well as in playing that sneaky has been looking really good mm -hmm. and it's felt like the team has had a lot of confidence in him you know mm -hmm. building more compositions around him uh, people think of the zaya game people think of you know these sorts of games but also in the plane you know they had him on twitch you know protect the twitch type compositions and yeah and he's looked very good and it feels like their bottom lane is coming together more uh, and it's not more just sneaky you know the consistent guy who's gonna do something for you later in the game it's felt like he can be the focal point and can be successful with that which i think is, is really important to have in this meta when we talk about art and sensor when we talk about playing through bot lane yes you can succeed without your bot lane smashing but mm it needs to at least be an option that you can draft around this, that you can be like, yep, we're going to play Kog'Maw, yep, we're going to play Twitch, we're going to play whatever, and this is the focal point of the map. So I do like that Sneaky has been doing better, and that does uh, kind of give me some more uh, hope for them in the group. But do you guys want to get to uh, predictions, rankings here? Sure. For group A? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. For me, it's SKT, EDG, Cloud9, AHQ. But I would say that two and three, I think uh, Cloud9, I think, has a, has a shot to actually get out of this group. Um, but I do think that EDG should be favored. Yeah, I, I would go with the same rankings, SKT, EDG, C9, AHQ. But um, I, I always hold out a little bit for AHQ, like upsetting people. I mean, even you talk about Ziv. Like, mm -hmm. uh, this guy has had big performances on international stages before. Um, and I kind of put some weight on on people with history. Um, but yeah, I, I, would, I think that most people are going to rank them that way, mm -hmm. unless you're like, really gung-ho on uh on cloud you know, nine. Cloud nine making a yeah. making big moves <laughs> yeah i i agree we're gonna have boring same predictions of skt edg c9 hq i just i look back at world's history and whenever there's korea and china in the same group it's almost always korea and china advancing there's yeah. only been two instances when that wasn't the case interestingly enough one of them was c9 and another one was i believe or origin back in the day but mm -hmm. uh even so it could happen this year for sure. It's just EDG is the number one team from the OPL. And I think a lot of what decides that is, did Cloud9 actually get a lot better at, in their boot camp? Are they playing at this they higher did, level? Actually. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I tend to agree. But there's also the, the, the other option, which is, were they just playing people that were much worse than them, right? And you know, are they the same team? Because if, if they are the same team, I think they don't really have much chance, right? Like, because their summer slip was not super impressive. If they have made these significant improvements, you know, the stuff that Smoothie's talking about, as you mentioned, uh, then they have a shot for sure. I would say, at the very least, I am confident in Cloud9's um, direction that they want to go, right? The way that they want to play the game and their grasp on the meta, mm -hmm. I think, is really solid coming in, which hasn't always been the case coming sure. you know, out of Worlds boot camps. There's always a lot of confusion, um, and especially with North American teams, sometimes um, we've come and like been pretty far off the mark as far as what's um, actually meta. But I think that Cloud9, it fits them really well, you know, they, they're definitely going to have a tank. They're definitely going to have that Ardent Sensor. 
Uh, Jensen can even play Gallio in the mid lane, and that talking me into it. That man. was something good to show. Yeah, I'm not into it. Play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't made, I haven't finalized my pick him yet. There's a chance. There's a chance that C9 just jumps into number two. <laughs> it's really close. Yeah, I feel like you have to, you have to take some risks in your pick him yeah. if you want a chance of making it right. If you actually want to win. Yeah, so, like, I reserve the right to flip flop on. Go this out of there. I, based I, on I actually my pick him. I already decided <laughs> I was gonna have all North American teams make it out of groups. What? So your prediction is C9 second? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually just You're remembered it. that I'm gonna do that because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never doubted any North American team. I'm going to wow. get them all out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you for that. All right. Well, we already know Kobe's. Yeah, you know about yeah. uh, Group B predictions, too. Yeah, with all the with flags, RPL. we talked about EDG as well, man. Like, are we just blinded <laughs> by them winning the LPL? I mean, they won the LPL for a reason. Cloud9 didn't even get to the semifinals. Cloud9 didn't get to the semifinals in North America. And we're That's, like, you know. You don't get punished. Will they win worlds? <laughs> could they really do? We're like convincing ourselves. So, like, yeah, I I'm think sad. they could. It's because there's no punishment for getting your pickums wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the real question is, what skins will Cloud9 get when they win worlds? Uh, this is a tangent, but Jensen Echo. <laughs> I want to shout. I want to shout out to Fischio for his will X win worlds tweets throughout the year. I'm really sad that he has stopped doing them because he hasn't stopped. He's played. done like 20 of them. He, he he tweeted a while ago that like he had he explained the oh, joke. He's, he's like these are jokes, not serious. Well, but he like, didn't even start it. Who started? He's it? He's not the one who started. Though. Who started it? I don't know, but it definitely wasn't like, Deficio because I remember him copying it. I don't know. I credit him for Will Cloud9 Win Worlds. Maybe World. he was the first really popular person to do it. Yeah, so which just, I have to ask. Stole it from yeah. Will Cloud9 Win Worlds? Of course. There we go. Okay, right, Group B. <laughs> Longju Gaming, the number one seed from the LCK. Uh, Immortals, number two from NA. Gigabyte Marines, who get this spot, bought into the group stage based on the MSI performance mm -hmm. and also because they won the GPL once again. And then Fnatic, who made it in after they 3-0'd their knockout stage yep. game as well against Hong Kong Attitude, who was the other team from a major region that was in the play-in stage to earn their spot here. Yeah, and I mean, Fnatic, I think, did look a lot better in, in the knockout stage in the best of five, if you want to say that, than in the actual group. But mm -hmm. uh, this is a group to me that is actually going to be interesting because I think it's very competitive. I do think that Longju is, is the clear number one, right? But I think that Immortals uh, and Fnatic are relatively similar level. I think that if Gigabyte Marines can show a high level of play as they show to MSI, they could certainly be in there stealing games off people here too. So mm -hmm. to me, this is a group where it would not be crazy to think that any of the three could get that second seed, uh, which does make those games mean a lot and which does make it you know, very exciting from the word go. I feel like people are still going to underestimate the Gigabyte Marines. Mm -hmm. And they're going to kind of like laugh it off. It's like, oh, yeah, they're the crazy team. You know, they're going to play real aggressive and cheesy or whatever. But it, they're they're not in the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It's really going to be between Immortal Spinach. Uh, I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, I, I really think uh, that Gigabyte Marines can, can make some big... Uh, big headway here in this group. That being said, you already know my prediction, though. Immortals. And the reason why I think Immortals are going to get out of this one is a lot off the back of Ole and Smithy. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that they work to together so much better than Jez's and Broxa, if we're comparing them to um, Fnatic, mm. as far as the mm -hmm. other one of the other teams that would try and get that second spot behind Longju. Uh, and I think that really goes a long way in the current state of the game. Yeah, and... To, to double back on Isaac's point about this being like the really close group, this is the type of group that after week one, you're going to think you know what's happening. Like there'll be one team at 3-0 and, oh and another team at 2-1. and one. But like that 
won't have any actual implication on who gets out of it. Like this is one where I can see a ton of variation between who wins between Immortals, Marines, and Fnatic. And mm-hmm. even taking a game off Longju, I can absolutely see because this is the most diverse group in terms of play style that we have at Worlds. Longju is the team that essentially defied the meta over in Korea with Khan being a top lane carry. Currently, we see the world's meta and we have this like art and sensor support take tank jungler world. But you look at Ole's best champions and we're talking about like Bard and Thresh and Alistair. Uh, you look at Fnatic, who's been bouncing around with different play styles the entire year. And then you have Gigabyte Marines who are different than absolutely everyone with the way they decide to play the game. So there's going to be so much variation in style in this group, which I think is going to lead to a lot of volatility. Yeah, and I think to Kobe's point again about people kind of counting out Gigabyte Marines, Fnatic lost to Young Generation. That's the team that Gigabyte and Young almost absolutely. Beat yeah, and and that's the team that Gigabyte slammed. They actually beat them so bad in the finals that they roll swapped their support to mid lane for the last game. And uh, Archie played mid lane for them in the final game, and they won that game too. So mm-hmm. Gigabyte is very clearly from all reports, from everyone I've talked to, and from everything I've seen, a, a big cut above Young Generation, right? Mm-hmm. And YG beat Fnatic one game, should have beat them the second game. They were basically one one Gragas barrel away from beating them the second game. So this is a team that certainly should not be underestimated, and I do hope that these teams are taking it seriously and are prepping for them. Otherwise, I think you can expect to see you by taking games. Yeah, especially because of the coach of this team. Everybody keeps talking so much about this coach, and he's actually one of the reasons why Levi stayed on the team because after Levi's MSI performance, you know, he was getting a lot of foreign offers mm-hmm. um, all over the world. Um, but because of the the time that this coach is going to put in, I feel like best of ones is so so explosive here. This this could definitely be Gigabyte Marines taking multiple games in this group um, off of people. Yeah, but I, I uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I think that Longju is is going to be really the benchmark kind of that by which we have to measure all these teams because mm-hmm. they have been so strong. Uh, they beat SKT in the finals. They are the LCK champion. Everyone is expecting a lot out of them. And it will be really interesting to see how these teams actually stack up against Longju yeah. because if you're going to get second, you're going to probably get... There's a high chance of getting a Korean team in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. So even if you get out, if you're getting absolutely obliterated versus Longju and then you draw SKT or something, it's not looking much better. So... Uh, I'm really excited to see if Longju can actually continue to pull off, you know, carry top lane style, if they're going to be continuing to go for that. Because, you know, you talk about playing to the meta and and you kind of talk about Cloud9. Well, they're going to have impact on a tank. They're going to have, you know, the kind of carry bot lane. They're going to have these different things. And and Khan is one of the few guys that kind of breaks the meta a little bit, so mm-hmm. to speak, and likes playing the Jax. And Fiora just got buffed again. So we could be seeing maybe something a little bit outside the meta from this team. Yeah, and I'm... I'm so interested to see how that works at Worlds, but to speak to, like, Longju's strengths, it's not just like they only carry through the top lane. Of course. They put a lot of resources to the top lane. So Cuz is up there more than he is in other lanes, and he almost ignores the bottom lane. And and what enables this team to be so strong is the fact that Praying Gorilla, with less jungle attention than anyone else, still smash the lane. So it very easily gives them two very strong pushing side lanes, and then they have a mid laner who averages less than one death per game, yeah. 0.9 deaths per game. So there's very little fault 
in that team. They always have the jungler top lane, their mid laner never dies, and their bottom lane is super solid at getting their own advantages. So it's just an incredibly hard team to actually strategize against, even if we say they like don't necessarily play the meta. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the teams that when you watch them, it always kind of feels like they're doing the right thing. You might be able to nitpick their opponents a bit and be like, oh, maybe they could have exploited Longju if they did this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, Kobe and I were recently just watching, you know, from the regular season, a Longju Samsung series, and and we're kind of thinking, oh, well, maybe Samsung should have played to topside more and try to punish Khan on the jacks. Mm -hmm. Maybe they could have done this or that. But then you're looking at it from Longju's perspective, and you're like, well, what are they doing wrong? And it didn't really feel like they were doing anything wrong. You know, you know, you were talking about like warding timings in the bottom lane to avoid that pressure as it's coming in. They were really smart about that. BDD, you know, playing very well for himself. Khan being able to take over the game if he's left alone on one of these carries. Like they just feel like a team that is a really well-oiled machine. Yeah, and plus, you know, Khan can play carries, plus BDD loves playing Galio, or I don't know if he loves it, but he plays a lot loves of it. Loves playing Galio. <laughs> we always say that, like, Galio. if a player's on a, on, a, on a champion a whole bunch of times, they're like, oh, yeah, he loves this champion. <laughs> no, coach put me on, you know. <laughs> he probably loves winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and even cuz, right? Uh, he, he's mobile as well. So like, Longju could find a way, you know, can find, finds ways to put tanks in there too. So I, I am really curious to see what they're going to. And I mean, Khan can play tanks. With. So like, mm -hmm. if, if they think that's what they need to do to win, I'm sure that they will do that. Right. Uh, even in the series we're talking about, he was playing Gragas top and things like that. So you can, you can definitely see him playing tanks as well. Yeah. This is the hard part of the discussion though. We all agree Longju is number one. And then we also just had this, like, <laughs> don't count Gigabyte Marines out. Oh, Immortals is really solid, but Fnatic is also... Like, Gigabyte Marines more siege. Exactly, right? <laughs> now justify uh, the rankings. Justify second, third, and fourth based on how these matchups go. Like, that's the struggle we have Yeah, right here. Because it, it's really hard to put... You already, you already know my second. Marines. What you got, Jet? What's Kobe, your second? You're just going to play the NA fanboy card, just be like, yeah. NA no, I gave you my reasons here for Immortals. Yeah, I think Immortals is getting out of the group too. Ah, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Just gonna play the uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're all NA fanboys in this group. And and for me, the big reason is is I did not think Fnatic looked very good in the play in. I did yeah, not yeah, think Yeah, you tweeted they... out they were gonna lose and then they yeah. all played. And then they, they, they three out and they hit me with the retweets and that's, that's You tweeted that as well as said it on the dive? Yeah. yeah. Twitter's a dangerous place. That's man. that's fair play. You know, like I, I don't play. Predictions are going to be wrong. I think they showed a higher level in the best of five than they mm -hmm. showed in the actual, you know, group stage of playing. But that being said, I still feel like this is a vulnerable team. They have not looked as good to me um, this year. I, I don't think that they have looked as strong. And I I keep seeing stuff like when, when we talk about when you watch Longju, it doesn't feel like they're doing anything wrong. Like when I watch Fnatic, I feel like there are a number of holes. I feel like even uh, in the playing group stage, uh, there was problems with their laning phases. Even against HK, it felt like there were a lot of opportunities for HK to, to take over those games. And I think that uh, they were better and they showed a higher level than their, their opponents. So that never happened. But this is a much more talented group. And I think that Fnatic could be exploited uh, unless they can continue to improve, unless they can continue to kind of close those gaps as they did yeah. in between the playing group and, and the knockouts. Yeah, Fnatic is this interesting team because they've, they have been very confident at times and they've reinvented themselves all within the same split. Mm -hmm. Like they were smashing people with the Ken and bot lane and like the split push top and, yep. you know, picking into losing matchups and then just outplaying people to then snowball the game. And like, that was their unique style that no one was going to be able to react to. And when we made our Rift Rivals predictions, we were like, yeah, Fnatic's unique style that no one is able to react to. And they got smashed. Yeah. They just obliterated the Rift Rivals. And now they've kind of reset into this, um, what feels to me like a team fight style. Mm -hmm. Like they're just picking 
good team fight compositions. And in the same way, like almost saying a little bit laning phase be damned, um, which can get you in a lot of trouble against some of these incredibly strong early game teams. Marines, yeah. if they're going to smash you, is going to beat you early. Immortals is one of the best early game teams in North America. Always prioritizing winning matchups for Flame as well as Cody Sun and Ole and not really prioritizing mid lane matchups, which is just an immortal style thing. Uh, and then good luck coming back against Longjo if you get behind. Exactly. So those are the things that worry me about Fnatic is uh, they do often almost overly tunnel towards a specific style. And I think that ends up hurting them in the draft phase and how it plays out in game. But I will say as far as their strengths, I think like I, I am always quite impressed with Soaz. I think that Soaz is a very smart player and I think he's very consistent uh, in the top lane. He's a guy who does seem to constantly be able to find really good engagements for the team. I think that their teamwork is very good, how they actually play together, you know, once they get past the laning phase. I do think that, you know, as you said, it's more of a focus on the late game. And I think that Reckless performs very well in team fights. I think that, you know, this is a team that can do well if they can, you know, get through those earlier stages of the game. But you know, just based on what we have been seeing, you feel like if you give those opportunities, then you maybe don't get a chance to come back against better teams. Yeah. So just as an example, I had a let me know if this makes sense. Okay. I had stats team basically make a stat for me. Uh, we have the ability to take all of the regions at Worlds games from the summer split playoffs and regionals and basically tell us which champion matchup is like winning and losing. So it'll say Syndra has played against Oriana 73 times and the average of that CSD at 15 was plus five, right? So then we say, okay, Syndra is a favorable matchup against that. Mm -hmm. And then essentially what, what the stats team did for me is they took every matchup that a player has played and gave me like an average of what their matchup, matchup should be if they were like an average player. Versus what they do. Exactly. To then see like, does this team pick them in favorable matchups on average and how do they perform versus what they are expected? Um, with that, Soaz gets averagely drafted the worst top lane matchups of pretty much any player at world. So like when dog he's memeing about dog champ on Shen, <laughs> like he takes one for the team yeah. consistently uh, in the draft phase where they're prioritizing other champions and just banking on Soaz being able to be really good. So to speak to that, like he has been really good. You don't notice that he's consistently put in bad matchups because he performs so much better. I think uh, the one thing that we have to caution against, or one of the main things to caution against here for Immortals, as you guys have jumped on the bandwagon and now it's overloaded, mm -hmm. I'm not jumping off. Okay. It's mine. My bandwagon. Uh, You're the conductor. I would say uh, I am a little bit worried for Cody Sun uh, in this group uh, mm -hmm. to see what Cody Sun's going to be able to do because this is, you know, Art and Sense of Meta, like AD carry performance is incredibly uh, important here, um, especially towards the late game and towards the team fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, so. So that plus kind of the champion mix-up there for for Olay and the the support role would be why where am I most worried probably for the team. One of the kind of cool things about Immortals as a team is they seem very motivated uh, as far as solo queue goes, and they're one of the teams that if if you're not looking at the accounts that we're already in, here we go talking about solo queue and scrims. Go yeah. for it. <laughs> if you're not, it's just kind of fun, right? It's, it's if you're not looking well. at if you're not looking at the pre-created accounts like the Korean accounts that have already mm -hmm. been there all year. They have the top three bootcamp accounts, basically, and two of them are actually their subs and uh, and, stun, uh, and stunt. But then <clears throat> Hobelter is already high challenger. Uh, you know, Flame is, Flame is quite high up. Cody Sunderlay, they have all been playing, and they're all at least you know masters plus. Even Smithy is uh, at least masters plus, and he's mm -hmm. not known at all for his solo queue. So this is a team that obviously is very motivated and is putting in not only scrim time, but they're putting in a lot of solo queue time. And yes, that does not always correlate to stage success, Kobe. I know. It's it still does I think speak to the work ethic of the team and and how motivated 
motivated they are to succeed with this roster because it feels like a team where all the players are very bought into the success. They're very happy with their team and they're they're trying to to see how far they can kind of take it. Chat said also that the jungle sub is going to play a game for sure at Worlds. <laughs> that is not what I said. <laughs> I said I can see a world in which he played. I'm a game. pretty sure you said he's definitely going to play. And yeah, there was like, a he's non-zero chance. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. what I said. You guys said definitely not. I said yeah. there's a chance. Okay. So like Tell I can be wrong, but I'm so, we're actually gonna have to check the tapes again. Yeah, sure. We're gonna, Wait, was this, anyway, was this on the dive? I thought that was just it was on the yeah, dive. This was last oh, week's okay, episode. Okay, okay. And then you guys chickened out. You didn't want to make a bet on it. Oh, I, I'm willing to. No, make I a bet do not. On it. I do <laughs> not think there's a high chance. This is one I think is a great bet. I'll okay. take that. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Do we have the same predictions? Do we? Uh. Mine is going Longju, Immortals, Fnatic, and then. Is anyone putting Gigabyte third? No, because I'm not putting Fnatic or Immortals fourth. Yeah. Okay. I think we're all, we're all in agreement. <laughs> what about Longshu? You're not, you you're not going to put Longshu <laughs> fourth Maybe, either. Kobe. Yeah, what if you put Gigabyte Let's first? Let's move on to Group C, <laughs> okay. shall we? Well, okay, so it's, because so Longshu, Immortals, Fnatic, and Gigabyte we're all pretty much agreed on. Yes. Uh, group C. This is out. the one where we can actually have different predictions. We could have done that in Group B, to be fair. Yeah, I th I, yes. I don't think it's that unreasonable as much as I may get flamed for this for for Gigabyte to be above either of those two teams. Mm -hmm. Like I actually yeah. think that Gigabyte could get third or second, and that Immortals or Fnatic could get knocked down. That is not unrealistic to me at all. Agreed. Yeah. All bases are covered, boys. Can we move on to Group C now? Yeah. All right. G2 Esports. Royal Never Give Up from the LPL, Samsung Galaxy from the LCK, and 1907 Fenerbahce. Take Sport. your pick, uh, because I feel like 1907 Fenerbahce uh, uh, for is sure. a dead so team next? walking. <laughs> uh, and the other three is what I'm going to choose from. Because uh, looking at the play-ins um, from... Their bracket stage did look better. Fibonacci. But they were playing against Team playing 1. playing against Team 1. Yeah. The bottom laner who we went in on a little bit. He had a good series. I mean, he had, if you look at just his actual late game performance, good job. Keep it up. Mm. If you look at the laning, woof, woof. It's not so good. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. Kobe's right. I don't think we should spend that much time on them. I think they're a very clear underdog in this just based on historical performance as well as what we've seen this year. And because G2 is the best team from, uh, from Europe, Royal never give up, lost 3-2 in the finals, and Samsung Galaxy is a Korean team who was in World Finals last year with pretty much exactly the same roster. So yep. they're back. The, one of the most interesting things about this, so G2 for me, if you're looking at just international performance, like if you go back to MSI, you're like, wow, this is a great team. This should be, you know, they should be really challenging for the top of this group. Uh, but I, I have kind of lost some faith over the last you know, six months or whatever it is uh, since MSI, I guess four months or something, uh, within G2 because they have performed a lot worse regionally uh they actually did start to show a lot of weakness although they did step it up in the playoffs you know after almost losing this place they pretty much cut the rest of the way through but riff rivals was not good for them uh the regular season for a lot of it was not very good for them and like, every time i hear someone bring up riff rivals i just uh, imagine officio going that's bullshit it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> anyways continue I, okay well the eulcs <laughs> the great eulcs where they did not do as well as they normally have and that has kind of shaken a lot of my confidence in this team. Uh, and I feel like when you're putting them in a group, that already is going to be ridiculously hard. You know, this is essentially TSM's group from last year, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You're just popping them in and Fenerbahce instead of like Splice or whatever. Uh, but 
this is a very very difficult group but i i don't know in, unless g2 can kind of recapture that magic and maybe they have after their finals performance maybe i'm counting them out too early but like i don't really see them getting out of this group i think we have uh the danger of being in our like na analyst echo chamber mm-hmm. here unless kobe's gonna blow our minds with some pro europe talk like i am not hyped on any of the teams coming out of europe mm-hmm. uh, and maybe i should be because of their you know h2k making all the ways to semifinals but like g2 in particular uh their regular seasons and the regular it's a hard group for one and the regular seasons have consistently gone downhill uh from spring summer spring summer they had a 60 percent game win rate in the regular season in 2017 then you can say oh they were you know slow starters because they took a break after msi and they only cared about worlds and they were good in playoffs they nearly lost in quarterfinals like they were incredibly close to losing that series to splice and then they did pull it together at the end Mm -hmm. which they should be credited for but like that going up against samsung and royal never give up i just I, I see them as under such a hard group. Let and me tell you, I'm going to blow your mind then. Yeah. <laughs> Hit With me. some pro Europe talk. Hit me. Uh, I have been hearing that, that they are actually doing pretty well in the boot camp. Oh, you're going to talk about scrims? Just after you okay. play me on <laughs> yeah, scrims? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. are their solo queue accounts doing, Kobe? <laughs> Kobe, I remember this time. Um, I, they actually have been doing I, I I'm still worried for Trick specifically um, in this group because MLXG can go super hard like this guy is nuts he'll he'll do any literally any jungle route you can mm-hmm. come up with he'll probably try it um and i can definitely see uh that kind of like tilting trick and uh you know him having a, a a poor international performance again as it has happened before right but as as a whole you know i have a lot of confidence in in sven uh in perks so some good backline carries for these guys mm-hmm. right and then the front line has always been pretty solid for them so i actually think that it is really close between those three i'm not actually yeah. putting g2 uh really much below samsung or rng i think right. that it, it is, like, almost, like, 33% here for, for each of these ones. Here's where I see it, though. Like, um, yes, this meta is good for G2. Zven, super consistent as being a world-class AD carry. Even internationally, yeah. time and time again. And Perks has been good in team fighting, but I do stand by the fact that he's been very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I look at the strengths of Royal and Samsung, and they're, like, they're right there, too. Ruler led the LCK in damage percentage from an AD carry perspective. They, too, play very slow like G2 and then probably make cleaner decisions than them down the stretch, have crown in the mid lane, and probably a better top laner if the game stretches and they're able to play the side lanes. And then I look at World Never Give Up, and they have the LPL MVP in Xiaohu and Uzi as an AD carry. So, like, the points of strength where G2 is strong, I see RNG and Samsung being a little bit stronger. To be fair, I do think that Crown has been a lot worse recently. You know, this is His not split was not very good. Yeah, exactly. Like, this isn't Crown from from last year Worlds where people were as hyped about him. I, I don't think that he is as untouchable anymore. You know, Perks. I think certainly how he laned against Faker at MSI. If he if he can put up those kind of performances, I think he can beat Samsung in lane. And and I do agree. It's not like they're completely outclassed, but I just I just think it's a super hard group and. If G2 got put in either of the European other European team spots, I would be predicting them to get out of groups for sure. I think that if they were, yep. you know, in group D instead of Misfits or they're in group B instead of Fnatic, I think yep, G2 for sure, you're out of there. But this is just such a hard group that it's 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 completely like I mean, like you said, any of them could get out, but but I just think that Samsung has shown like the way the way that this team performs internationally, you know, we looked last year and we looked at how they play, like they're very 
methodical. They're very consistent. In the games that we were, me and you were VOD reviewing, uh, Samsung, Core JJ was making some weird moves on yeah, that. That game was trouble. <laughs> the Zyra game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can the, tell. You should tell them about it. So uh, yeah, I I forget exactly which game it was. Like we were watching a lot of. It's the last game but, of regular season. Okay, yeah. he uh, th they keep on like starting up objectives like Baron and Elder Dragon and stuff like that. And um, it's like it's like pretty close. Like it's either like five or four members of the enemy team are up or like you know they are kind of far and they're like rushing to the objective or something like that. And in multiple occasions. Uh, Core JJ on Zyra is using Zyra ultimate on just straight on Baron or straight on the dragon to try and like to enrage his plants and kill faster. Yeah, to try and like yeah. kill it yeah. faster, and then they get almost wiped. They, after. they get wiped afterwards because like didn't kill it. Fast Zyra enough. doesn't have her ultimate to do any of that. <laughs> it was actually hilarious. The first time, the first time he ulted Baron, we're kind of like, wait, was that a was that a misclick? <laughs> Probably misclick, no problem. And yeah. then they go over, they go over, and there's an infernal dragon up. And he's just—it yeah, wasn't even elder. Yeah, yeah. He just over the wall, just walks over and just alts. <laughs> We're like, what the hell? And uh, I guess it wasn't an accident. So, did yeah. they win the game? No, they got. Ah. It was it was their series versus Longju. Long long where like yeah, yeah long they got two. Ooh, last that's time. that's bad. Uh, well, I do have some stats. Okay, feel free to hit us to with use them. them however you want. Samsung's combined kills per minute is the lowest of every team at the World Championship. LCK plays slow. LCK plays slow. Samsung plays slowest of the LCK that are at Worlds. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, RNG's first blood is insane. 71% first blood percentage. 10% higher than any other team in the LPL uh, to speak to MLXD's early jungle path. I feel like you're not... This is nothing new from last year, though. They were in the same group last year, basically, together with TSM uh, and Splice. Yeah. And the, those were very similar stories for these two teams. Like they, mm -hmm. they haven't changed their identities. So I don't, I don't know if the identity of that team and the way that they play uh, is like is like a weakness for them because they've shown, like they got out of that group. They went to the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, do with, with that exact same strategy with Playing the exact same. Slow players. doesn't mean you're bad or not able to make decisions. Like a lot of times, especially when we say like LCK in general plays slowly. Uh, it's it's about what your opponents, what openings are your opponents giving you, and what openings are you giving your opponents. Mm -hmm. And I think Korean teams and Samsung in particular are incredibly good, at least they were last year, at transitioning that safe style, so to speak, but still exploiting the openings their opponents give them. So like, yes, they didn't kill anyone in the LCK because the teams play safer, but as soon as they play a team that is taking too many risks, Boom, they're right there to punish it. So I think Samsung is a great matchup against RNG. Like, I see them being able to punish that. I see them avoiding a lot of the first bloods from the crazy jungle pass MLXG has and out farming them and getting leads. So I see that as stylistically a very good matchup for Samsung. And then against G2, I see it being good as well because both those teams are pretty low uh, action. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that... I, I'm of the opinion that teams that are, are really consistent, slow teams, like, as, as far as... I mean, when I say slow, I mean, essentially, they don't fight as much, right? Mm -hmm. But it's... They still pressure you very heavily by taking away whatever they can. Like to your point, they're getting vision control. They're taking away jungle camps. They're not giving you opportunities to fight because they're not mispositioning. They're essentially trying to choke you out of this game and say that we're going to play a better macro style game. Yeah. We're going to be better in the team fights later in that game once we have the advantages. And I think that Samsung should match up pretty well against both these teams because to me, G2 and Samsung play very similarly, and Samsung just seems better at that style. Uh, and then when you look at RNG and Samsung, I, I feel like 
RNG, with how good they are in the early game, if they were a stronger late game team, then I would favor them against Samsung. But I just feel like they show so many uh, holes in their in their macro play and their map movement and their vision control in the later stages of the game that even if they get a lead, I'm not super confident in them being able to hold it over Samsung. So to me, it's it's Samsung number one. It's G2 and RNG fighting for number two. Uh, but who is your gonna write? Two? You're doing RNG. your prediction now. Then it's you gotta, it's right RNG. Ahead. Yeah. I, I am the same. I told you about the Korean Chinese groups before mm-hmm. and the lack of confidence in G2. Kobe, you, you blew my mind at the start. Will G2 make it out of this group? Are you going to be our honorary deficio <laughs> and hype G2 for us? Uh, think about it. He's like, he wants to appease the fanboys. Hold on, let me let me message Deficio, see if he can send me a check or something here. (laughs) Oh, no, they're in. According to, I was talking to him earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he actually. By the way, I didn't even have to make a bet for this. He literally just offered up. He was like, "I will kiss your shoes if G two do not get out of groups." I didn't even have to bet him anything. So if if they do. Yeah. So you can no, hedge he, your bets here. Do you want to make a bet what that if the will just get has some sort of weird foot fetish right. thing? You know, maybe, maybe he is getting <laughs> it's a little bit. He's been looking at my feet weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I smell your socks? <laughs> Honestly, I I do want to shake this up. I know. It's I really so want to. But is that a good reason all... to change your prediction? Yeah, it is. Like okay. I said before, you don't get punished. We can, for, uh, you can even bet on it. If no one's going to check the tapes, Kobe. Um, first. I want to do it. We could bet on it. I, I want to do it. Then do it. Make Can, a decision. I will. Do you think I believe in yourself? The thing is, I want to commit like the cardinal sin and say that a Korean team will not get out of. Group. Oh. You want to say G two RNG? I'll bet on that. <laughs> I yeah, know you I will. I would bet that's not going to happen. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could do it though. Oh man, he's struggling. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we'll go on to Group D while Kobe decides. Yeah. Wait, Jet didn't do it. Is yours going to be the same as? Yeah, it's Samsung RNG. Yeah. I mean, we talked about why Samsung's a good matchup against RNG, yeah, 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 and yeah. Penabate's fourth. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. What's your prediction? Spit it out. Uh, I can't do it. I think it's going to be the same. Have we had that. any Samsung differentiation RNG. in Literally our predictions? None. We're the worst. Group D. All right. This is awesome. Well, I was going to do it just for the sake of it, and then you talk me out of it. G2 second? <laughs> you want to do it? Uh okay, what I was gonna do would be RNG and, and G two get out. Okay, yeah. Basically, sense the internal conflict from Kobe, recognize yeah. that this group could be close, and so close that he is willing to say Samsung will knock it out. Of I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say G two's out. The here. absolute madman. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting that Samsung out. in third place. Yeah. The world's finalists, Hold not making it out of groups. Hold him to that. His pick'em is gonna have to be that way. Group D. <laughs> we're moving on. No one's gonna remember to the final group of worlds. Everyone watches this show, Isaac. Group D, Flash Wolves, Misfits, TSM, Team WE. The dream group, uh, some would say. Yeah. It could it could have been a better dream, but it's still the dream group. Yeah. <laughs> like, the dream, there was like half of, some little scary something happened, like a witch showed up and it could have turned into a nightmare, yeah. but uh, it's, it's still a dream. They're it's still fine. on the beach. They're sipping out of their coconut. They just yeah, yeah. spilled, spilled a little they bit spilled of their spilled drink. spilled a little bit of, spilled oh, a little bit of no. oh, it's, it's still fine. Yeah, it's, it's still pretty good. <laughs> We're we're probably going to have. I hope we're going to have some real differentiation uh, in our predictions for this group. We probably. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know about that let's one. Be guys. honest here, okay? Is is anyone predicting Misfits or WE to, to get out? So maybe 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 WE. Yeah, I'm predicting WE to get out. Yeah. So over yeah. Flash Wolves. 
Yeah. Okay, so then we're going to have some difference. Great. We're going to have some difference of opinion. Okay, I'm going to start. All right. I don't think Flash Wolves is very good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you were and you were blown away by the impeccable play from WE in the play-ins. Yeah. Uh, no, I was not. <laughs> um, I was kicked into the Baron pit for a free Baron. <laughs> but aside from that, uh, we saw Hong Kong Attitude. We have seen HQ. We've seen such a small amount of turnover in that LMS region. Mm-hmm. And, like, last year, Flash Wolves was really bad in the group stage. And they were four and six in the group stage in MSI with relatively unimpressive performances, in my opinion. And I just don't see, like, what they have changed to have a kick in the butt to make that team better. Um, I feel like the LMS is generally second PSM, fiddle also fairly to the unimpressive LPL. at that MSI. That's great. I'm saying WE's probably going to win the group, even if they've looked like Garbo in play-in, because uh, I just don't actually have a huge amount of faith uh, in any other one of these teams. But I do think uh, that Maple has actually not looked that great. We know MMD doesn't do that much in the jungle for them. Karsa has been a good Gragas, but like I don't actually know if he's going to be that good at Sejuani because he's like a Lee Sin main in all of his most impressive performances. So I don't see that much uh, out of Flash Wolves that make me scared of them in this group. So you actually think W is going <clears> to <throat> get first in the group? Yeah. That, so see, that to I, me is, is right. First, uh, maybe, I think this one we should start with our predictions. Uh, and then we can go through the reasoning because okay. very clearly we're going to have difference already. Okay. So, Jack, Jack, go with yours. You're leading with WE. Yeah, WE. WE, TSM, Flash Wolves, Misfits. Okay. I mean, I'm agreed with Misfits last. <laughs> I think I think TSM will get first. I think Flash Wolves will get second. I don't think WE will get out. WE looked, I think, pretty bad to me. And as far as, you know, talking about MSI, TSM did not have a very good performance. Um, but they have a different AD carry. Like, I actually think that is a, a very big difference. And they were really close to, you know, to getting out of groups and who knows how far they would have gone or whatever. Maybe they lose next. But but I do think that Doublelift is a significant upgrade over mm-hmm. Wild Turtle. And I think the team is a lot better with him as far as, you know, shot calling, as far as individual play. And I think that is exceptionally important, especially in this meta. I also think that Biofrost has been getting better and better. And, um, you know, Biofrost and, and Hansner to me, were like stuck out like a sore thumb at last year's Worlds. I think that they had very poor performances uh, compared to kind of what I was expecting and I think to to what a lot of people were expecting from them. But they have now gotten to play last year's Worlds, this year's MSI, Rift Rivals. You know, they've had more and more experience. So I do think that you you have something you want to say. No, no. I can uh, hear his leg like shifting I'm, I'm against excited. the table. I just He's see the like, smile on his, his face. Yeah, yeah. His knees I want, are did you up. see did you see the Inven Global article that interviewed the three Korean head coaches? I only saw yeah. an, an excerpt from it. I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah, I'm basically just gonna read the expert. Like the unreasonable. Did you read of the pilot. whole thing? Uh, not all of it. So both of you did not even read the whole article. I read. I'm not the one bringing it. it up here. I'm not referencing. <laughs> I, I did. I did read the whole thing. Uh, okay. Good for tell you, me, Kobe. Tell me, good what, for you. What, what did you sh- okay, the TSM part. Yeah. Um, they're asking him like, who's you know a good non-Korean team? It's like TSM. It has to be TSM. I can almost assure it. TSM's potential is gradually surpassing other NA and EU teams. Comparisons to G2 aside, TSM is on top of the other five participants from the NA and EU. They are no less skilled than any of the best Korean or Chinese teams. Hanser nails it all the time. You instantly realize why he's the best top laner in NA. His plays just give me chills every time I watch. The jungler's movement is also impeccable, making me wonder how the coach makes a call for his move. Bjergsen is by far the best without a doubt. Doublelift is also excellent in team fights, And I've been watching Biofrost since it's before like he joined trolling. the team. And he has improved so much. It, it, 
it's so overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. It can't be genuine. It just right? feels like satire. If and to be to be fair, there's there's kind of like a, a history of of uh you know Koreans in, in interviews like Korean pros from from league and from other games like wow you're so, this my opponent is so exceptional there's there's no chance of my victory and then it's like and they just bam just slap them. them down like completely just no chance but so I, I, this feels certainly ridiculous <laughs> right <laughs> but but I do think that they are not in a group with SKT or Longju or someone like that and I'm like yeah TSM's going to do it they're going to beat all everyone yeah, right but sure. I but I think this is a, a very different group right when we're talking about the second best team you're saying the best team in this group is WE who we both agreed didn't even look Oof. that good in play in right wow. so to me like that's more of a bold claim than, than TSM TSM getting first in this group when I do think that they have been improving I do think that they got a very easy group draw and I do think they they it's like if they don't get out of this group, like that is just a complete failure. Yeah. I th I think it's actually a huge disappointment if they don't get first in this group. I I think it could definitely be a it will be a disappointment disappointment if they don't get first in this group. Uh, I do think so that you're predicting a good team. disappointment. Yeah, you're he's, he's, from, you're... he's from North America. Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I said Immortals are getting out of the group. I almost I talked myself into putting. Cloud How can you be there. disappointed if Wait, you're expecting you the third? disappointment? I'm ahead of the game. <laughs> I'm not gonna. He's just always, always yeah. disappointed. But no, I, like I agree with you. TSM looks really good, and I think this is an incredibly close call, right? Um, I think Flash Wolves could still get out of the group, but yeah, prediction: WE TSM Flash Wolves. Kobe, we haven't heard. From We're you. gonna have three different predictions for this group. Then see so WE second. I'm gonna hit you with my predictions. Yeah, I'm gonna have no. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have TSM, <laughs> uh, then WE, then Flash Wolves, then Misfits. Because mm -hmm. uh, for similar reasons why I was kind of worried for Immortals there with the um, bottom lane with, you know, Olay having to, uh, you know, work an Ardent Sensor into, you know, his builds and not being as free. Sword Art is such a huge part of Flash Wolves and their playmaking and stuff. And, you know, if he's going to have to be the... Uh, Ardent Sensor all the time and he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't always get to be, you know, Alistar and, you know, we, we have highlights from him. So for multiple years at Worlds with stuff like that, I still think, you know, he can, you know, if he gets his hands on Rakan or something, Rakan is like the best of both worlds. You get to mm -hmm. play Meg and you get to be Art and Sensor, um, or he might even, you know, pull out the Taric and stuff like that. Um, I do think that the meta is not the best for Flash Wolves right now. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to the slumping that people have been talking about from, uh, you know, Summer Split and stuff. Uh, so that's why I think that WE are actually going to get second. And... I have a, I do have a lot of confidence in TSM um, right now, not only because of the adjustments that Azale talked about, but again, coming back to the boot camp, yeah. everything is is actually not just from you know the coaches' interviews and stuff, from the players as well. Um, I won't say which teams, but uh, multiple different uh, teams players have uh, talked about how TSM is doing pretty good stuff in the boot camp as well. Yeah, and to be fair, I do think. TSM is good, and I do think the meta suits them. Like, specifically, the amount of work AD carries have to do in the current game, they have a perfect AD carry for that. Like, Double Lift mm. is such a huge asset for them right now. Um, but in the defense of WE, we're using their play-in performance as, like, this is exactly the type of team we're supposed to see. Like, they were really inconsistent with the type of team comps they were playing. Like, they were either super late game, and then they had that, like, random Ezreal jungle thing. And to me, they were never in danger of actually getting knocked out. 
So, like, yes, they didn't look good, but I also don't think they were giving exactly their best team compositions and preparing specifically to beat their opponents. So I think there is a higher peak to this team than we saw in the play-in stage. And I didn't use the term sandbagging once. I think I think that's fair to say that there's a higher peak. But then you but, just did. But, yeah, I, I, but I, would, I would also say <laughs> that they, they... So while they may have not gotten knocked out, I agree with that. I don't think I was. I was not really sitting there thinking, "Oh, mm-hmm. wonder if WWE is going to get out of, get out of play-ins." But I was thinking, if WWE is really looking like they have to work for it against yeah. young generation, if they're really looking like they have to work for it against some of these teams that I think are nowhere close to the level of some of the teams that they will be mm-hmm. playing later. Oh yeah. Then what what does that say about them? And you know, when when I think of Cloud Nine, you know, Cloud Nine is obviously in a harder group. They looked so dominant. They made this group look very easy. There was one game out of seven that went long and, mm-hmm. and looked like, ooh, maybe they could lose this game, right? That's it. Every other game was very dominant, and I don't think that that team will get out of groups, right? And Albeit they are in a harder group. Right. I just I just think that WE did not show the level of dominance that makes me think, yeah, this is the team that beats TSM, this is the team that beats Flash Wolves. And that's mm-hmm. not to say that it's impossible for them to come out and do that, because maybe that... They had a bad a bad week. Maybe they're super nervous playing in front of the Chinese crowd, and they're more mm-hmm. accustomed to it. Maybe they weren't showing their best compositions. Yeah. If they show a different level than what they showed in play-ins, then yes, I could see it. But I'm judging purely off of what I what I watched and yeah. thinking: Is this team the team that beats uh, Flash Rolls and TSM? And I don't think so. I, I think it is a bit of a mistake to only judge off of what you just watched. I, I I'm actually, talking about LPL as well. I know. For in summer oh, okay, okay. Because right. yeah. I I actually put. A lot of value in what I consider to be a player's peak, mm-hmm. um, like players that we've seen for a long time, or players that we have seen prove over over like a good duration, right? Not just mm-hmm. like oh he peaked at for one game or something like that, but like mm-hmm. someone who's who's had a super strong performance like a whole year or something like that. Like yeah. for Mystic for me is a pretty good example. This guy, I know that this guy has a very high ceiling, mm-hmm. um, and for sure he. I feel like he is one who could definitely make up a lot of ground from the play-ins to his his group stage. I feel like he could play a lot better. Yeah. Um, I think and, he had the second worst CSD in all of play-ins. Yeah. And and he he's a guy that I you know I feel like does have a higher ceiling. So mm-hmm. um, that's the big worry for me actually is Mystic not performing in play-in. Like that's a guy that I expected to smash, and he just like yeah he died almost every game in laning. Oh, some people have him as the best AD carry at Worlds coming into it people were saying this guy is is better I, who said he was better than prey I, I'm, I'm talking more about the community i'm not talking about you guys some people some people okay yeah. well either way he was 10th or something on your list yeah it's, he it's is not like this really is a, highly ranked yeah exactly it's not like this is a ridiculous statement that mm-hmm. he's one of the best players at worlds we could leave it at that uh you know people had him i think so your your averaged out list had him what 10th or 11th at top something 20 like that, between yeah. three Three people from different regions, right? You know, Frost Gurren, uh, LPL analyst, very, has him very highly rated. Uh, we've watched him, think he's amazing, right? But he did not yeah. perform in play-ins. Yep. Uh, did not perform very well there. We did see some games from WE that you're like, damn, this is this is more what you wanted to see. Well, I think of game one, actually, of their, their knockout stage game against... Um, they did play... Oh, it was YG, right? Yeah. Was, Young Generation. YG. Yeah. So... In game number one, I thought that they actually, that was what I was expecting to see almost every game where mm-hmm. they actually looked very well coordinated. They played, you know, Jarvan Galio Rumble. That comp was, was actually like, insane. Like the- <laughs> They executed very well, though, right? Condi is yeah. everywhere. The the game is essentially a, a highlight reel of Jarvan and Gage just being perfectly followed With up Galio on and Rumble. And, and them just dominating, right? And that's that's the level that I wanted to, to see. And if they can kind of bring that level of play, then, yeah, they'll threaten these teams. All right. 
to recap, three different predictions. Yep. I have WE, TSM, Flash Wolves, Misfits. Kobe? Uh, TSM, WE, Flash Wolves, Misfits. And then I, I think TSM, Flash Wolves, Misfits. Or sorry, WE, Misfits. We haven't touched on Misfits at all. I feel like we'd be remiss if we don't say, like, why don't we think this team can step up to the level since they did surge so well in the European LCS? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're they're not a, a bad team, but I I do think that this is a team that so they they get to the finals, they kind of upset some teams. I feel like they they have a somewhat unique play style. You know, Poe, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kobe, you talked a lot about this how they played very heavily around him in playoffs, and and he was able to succeed because of that. Um, that's something that I think these teams can answer. I think these are teams with three very very strong mid laners when you're looking at just the mid lane uh, talent and if misfits way to succeed was playing through mid lane if that's how they were able to you know upset fnatic and and mm-hmm. you know do these sorts of styles going up against bjergsen going up against ga going up against mabel going up against guys like these uh, i think it's extremely difficult for someone like poe to be favored in in any of those matchup i actually think that i would favor uh, his opponents in all three of those series um i also think that they're kind of more of this like oddball team. Poe likes to do these kind of weird things. They like to play some more like off meta stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I just think that it builds tilt the shit out of his ale. Yeah, they super do. <laughs> I, I, I think Oriana makes no sense, but either way, I I just think that the way that this team has played can be answered by teams that are of equal or higher skill. Like we saw, they looked so figured out by G two, right? And I think that. Uh, some of these teams are more of the level of, of G2 than they are of the level of some of the other teams that they actually um, did play against. Yeah, I said during the group draw show that I don't, like if W gets drawn into this group, I wouldn't be too surprised if they're 06, uh, only because like they had that playoff surge in the European LCS, but that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And that was to like that one shift, yo, let's camp mid, and it was very successful for, for them. But like, you can't just be the camp mid team with a couple of weeks of practice on it or a month of practice on it and then expect to beat all of these world-class teams with it. So I think it's a really tough world for Misfits to be in. Yeah, I just have to agree with Zale's reasoning. All pretty sound there. And, you know, good luck to Misfits. Cause, yeah. uh... Man, I'm going to be so wrong uh, about Europe if they start performing. Like, I've predicted, I've predicted them very low mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of this stuff, but... It is a tough world for everyone. You got to have someone on the outside looking in. I mean, this is a team that was fourteen and eighteen in the in the summer split in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're a team that surged and, and did very well in playoffs, then got trounced in the finals. But they had a really good quarterfinals. They had a really good semifinals. I think that was playing above yeah. their normal level. Also, I have never gotten a pick'em right. Like I've never predicted all eight teams to. Wasn't there like one? Oh, like, you're talking even about just, just part of it. even okay. just the eight teams getting because I was like one guy got pick'ems right. Yeah. That's. Uh, it's just tough. Like I, we just gave all our predictions for all of the groups. Like I am certain that I'm going to be wrong about something. Cause yeah. essentially I've kind of just done Not me. This, <laughs> I've kind of just done this regional tier list in a sense, like Korea's number one, China's number two, NA's below them. And then I have Europe and LMS kind of fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. And that colors a lot of my rankings uh, aside from like looking at exactly how the teams play for the exact placements, which is why at the moment I have Europe on the outside looking into most of these groups. Mm-hmm. Plus, really tough draws. Europe yeah. got really hard group draws. Yeah. I, I think it, that's the biggest thing for me. Like like I was saying earlier, if G two was in a different one of these groups, I would probably be predicting them to get out for sure. If they're in Group B or Group D, I think uh, people in Group A and Group C kind of got a, a rough draw. And this time, G two, who in my opinion is Europe's clear best team, got the hardest possible group. 
right? And mm-hmm. when your best team is in the hardest group, it's very easy then for your weaker teams to, to not have a performance or even just to play their level and just not be as good as, as their opponents. It's I just think they kind of got a little bit unlucky. I'm just so excited because there are not many matchups that I feel are kind of like dead matchups this year in groups. Groups mm-hmm. is always, for me, the most exciting time. Uh, this is my favorite part uh, of Worlds because we, you know, we get to see uh, the emergence of the meta mm-hmm. and what, what went on in boot camp, and uh, we get to see all the different teams play. But I'm actually so excited for, for these groups. And I thought the second draw was pretty good at like making sure we didn't have the super free or exactly. the, the super uh, like nuts group. So I, I think this is uh, shaping up to be a pretty good year. Sweet. Let's do some quick Twitter questions before we sign off. Uh, Morgan or I fight for pie. Uh, is this at tag? Is there any chance of any new new at Worlds? Good object control along with Cho and Arden plus W. I don't understand. The last I bit. think will we see new is, is he uh, is he saying like the Arden? Um, he's saying would like be Arden like sensor on someone and then you blood boil them and then they're an OP eighty. Or was he saying maybe if he's saying Arden on Nunu with like Stoneborn or something? No, he's more just. I think slowed? he's thinking of this team comp like you have a Nunu, you have uh, a Cho'Gath tank line, and then you have an Arden sensor like support who's also getting blood boiled. Yeah. Well, regardless, I think Nunu right now in the jungle is a bit too squishy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, after the nerfs to him and the nerfs to all, a lot of the items that he uses, so uh, there were the initial round of nerfs were to the champion directly, like four or five patches ago mm-hmm. um and the then a, all got yeah hit. a lot of those um like, items got, hit, got, hit. got nerfed as well so you, like you could do it but you have to really really want that blood boil and i don't think that any team is going to say that's worth it because you can get so much more value out of an ardent um uh, from someone else and yes yeah, just... i agree with that i think even though we end up seeing a lot of diversity and like one person's going to have this weird pocket pick at Worlds. I don't think it's going to be Nunu, only because of, like, the unique things that Nunu would offer are actually just better with someone else. You want early counter-jungling, go with Ezreal, right? You want someone who can buff your AD carry, go with Arden Sensor Nidalee, because that's actually a better attack speed boost than Blood Boil is, mm-hmm. especially when you have, like, Ardent and Athenes. Yeah, you overcap your AD carry. <laughs> yeah, the AD carry should actually change his build if you have an Ardent Nidalee because of how much attack speed Nidalee gives that guy. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, no Nunu. That's yeah. my prediction. I agree. I, I also just think that the other tanks have so much more versatility. You know, you can play it slow on Gragas. You can be super aggressive on Gragas. And you can still enable your AD carry, but in a different way, with Knights Vow and Locket with good frontlining. All right. Last question we have today. Sassy, or I'm Sassy, said, Would Longju versus SKT Worlds matchup be as hype as last year's Rocks versus SKT? Or would anything be? Rocks versus SKT was ridiculously hype, especially because mm-hmm. we were like, the misfortune curveballs are coming out, and it's, I don't know. I I loved that series so much. Um, in addition, there was the uh, like the competing storylines going into mm-hmm. it. You know, Smeb and and all this stuff was going on, so it would be hype. Um, you know, Longshu has has a lot of hype around them as well, and you know, being the meta breakers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I don't. I don't think I could. Uh, I don't think it could actually match the Rocks Tigers versus SKT. The one. SKT Rocks series too was too perfect. It had yeah. MF. It had the cross map Ash Arrow. It had Bengi coming in off the bench when they were down, Super playing bad. a pick that no one uh, thought he could play. I totally forgot. The coma accidentally picks uh, it. It had everything, man. Oh. Like, yes, it's possible because you have the same type of you know Longju versus SKT, two super hype Korean teams coming in against each other. But like, 
it is so incredibly unlikely that all of those things happen. Guys, they're a bunch of Debbie Downers. I think it could be super hype. I, I think. Were you there? You weren't even there. I was. I mean, I, I was. <laughs> I watched the games. <laughs> I wasn't at the games live. I was doing the all stream, yeah. Kobe. Mm -hmm. okay. Not all of us can cast the same game, okay? <laughs> but uh, I think what has me so excited for this, and, and I agree storyline-wise, I think it's almost impossible to beat that, right? That was like the perfect storm. But the, the thing that really does excite me is the, the potential of the super carry top lane matchup, right? You have Hooney, who's this guy who's like a worldwide fan favorite who has, I think, been striving for greatness his whole career who has dominated in Europe who has dominated in North America mm -hmm. who is now on the undisputed best team of all time and there's questions right there's questions about him there's questions of you know is is Faker as good as he used to be there was there was whispers of oh BDD's better than Faker now there's you know kind of it's it's feeling more realistic every year I think slightly to be like oh maybe this is year the SKT actually loses mm -hmm. right and I think that is what kind of is exciting about it for me the fact that we could have you know, kind of the new kings, right? And that it is somewhat realistic. And the way in which it would be done, like, I just I just really hope if they do score off, it's carry versus carry on the top lane every time. I want it to be explosive. I want it yeah. to be, you know, Hit him with the Lucian versus... The... Hit him with the Lucian versus Jace. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. That would be yeah. hype. All right. Anyways, Worlds is very exciting. Uh, that'll do it for the group draw guide from us. This will actually be our last show before we leave for China. We're filming this a little bit early. We're flying off to China. Then we're we did three for the group stages. Three recordings. We did three recordings of the dive this week uh, to get everything in while we have the camera. Good set work, up. us. We're going to be doing the dive throughout Worlds in between each week. It will be audio only. It'll still be released on YouTube and all the podcast platforms, but you won't be able to see us. Can't bring our set with us, unfortunately. Too expensive. Yeah. We could maybe make one, you know, with cardboard paper in the background, but I don't think it would be as nice, so you're just going to have to live without it. Yeah, I'm okay with audio only and not recording <laughs> cardboard. The mic box is heavy enough. Uh, anyway, keep tweeting us with questions, even when we're on the road, at Riot Chat, at Riot Kobe, at Riot Azale, hashtag the dive, LOL, LOL, the dive, LOL. Yeah, hit us, hit us with your predictions as well for Worlds. You can flame us. You can see if we're right. I already forget what Kobe ended up with. Uh, oh, with man. With his predictions. I'm going to get flamed. We'll have to check the tapes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys right. next week.